Hey dudes, this is Michael, one of the co-hosts of Two Dudes in the Nest, the show you're about to listen to. If you are a first-time listener and you've picked one of these older episodes to listen to, maybe because it's one of your favorite games on the NES, I don't blame you. However, I just want to warn you that uh, this is, some of these episodes are three, four, maybe five years old. And this is before we got new audio equipment. This is really before we even knew what we were doing. But we... You know, we want to leave them on the feed as long as we can because we want to have plenty of episodes for people to listen to. I just want to give a fair bit of warning before we get started. If you're an older listener and you're going back to listen to an episode again, uh, you may hear something new because right before the episode starts here, we're going to have an advertisement, which is probably not what you heard the first time through. But now we started doing ads in our shows, so we're going to have an ad here. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast and listen to as many episodes as you can. It always helps us out. And tell a friend, too. That'd be nice. Enjoy the show. This is Rob from the Retro Junkies, and you are listening to Two Dudes and a Nintendo. No, I'm sorry. Two Dudes and an S. I think that's right. Yeah, Two Dudes and an S. Awesome show. Hey, Justin. What's up, man? Not much. Just been watching uh, a bunch of 80s action movies lately. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, which one's your favorite? Uh, Probably original Rambo. Rambo. The original Rambo? Rambo mm-hmm. 1. Yeah. And there's so many good ones. Um, Rambo is always going to be up there, but I, I like Schwarzenegger better. Yeah, well, see, I, I go back and forth. At this very moment, it's probably the original Rambo, but uh, you never know. Next week, it could be something else. Predator's pretty good. Uh, yeah, Predator's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a ton. There's a ton of good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Schwarzenegger might be, like, my favorite. He's not, like, my favorite actor, because, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a good actor, but he's not my favorite actor, but he's... Maybe my favorite person. Like, I really like Arnold Schwarzenegger as a person. You like him as a person, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. We know each other really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, hey, you know. Didn't you he do, do a movie? Didn't he do a movie with Tom Arnold at some point? A ye- oh, man. Seems like there's a movie with Tom Arnold. We're going to have to look I, that up. I want to say, say yes, but... Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% on that. The reason I've been watching 80s movies, okay, mm-hmm. is because we're going to do the game Heavy Barrel. Oh, man. But this instead is, this... instead of playing Heavy Barrel, I just watched a bunch of 80s movies. Right. I figured that would prepare me for the show pretty, pretty, pretty good there. Well, judging by the cover of this game, which we'll talk about later in detail, um, that would have prepared you very well. Yes. True Lies. Oh, yeah, Tom Arnold's in True Lies. Tom Arnold and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, good. Or, as I like to call the the team up, the uh, Tom Schwarzenegger. Love it. Just cut out the Arnold out of both their names. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you want to do some history? Uh, Before we do some history, can I give some uh, Patreon shout-outs? And just general sure. general shout outs. 
should do that. And, and, and we forgot to give away American Gladiators. Speaking of Patreon, we forgot to give away American Gladiators last time. Okay. We, do, we do have a copy of that to give away still. Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, I'm, I may not shout everybody out that gave us Patreon because we've shouted everybody out before, but I would like to shout out just a smattering of people, um, people who have also have podcasts and things like that. Joe Copel. Do Joe with his name of his podcast that we always get wrong, Retro... Radical Re- Retro Roundup. Rad- yeah, Radical Retro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Radical Retro Roundup. Go check that one out. Uh, Do George and his Master System Masterpieces, which is... I don't know if you can figure out what that show's about or not, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about the Sega Master System. No. It's not? No. Uh, it's about like um, Renaissance art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a PBS show like Masterpieces Hour or something? There's um that show that's got the oh it's got the guy with the goatee and the, and the glasses. Oh yeah, it's on PBS. Masterpiece some, Theater. Masterpiece like Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you were thinking of? I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Hey, speaking of PBS, okay. You know, I've been really into Saturday Nights on PBS, Austin City oh, yeah. Limits. Oh, yeah? What is that? It's, like a, it's a free concert every Saturday night. Oh, yeah? I'll turn it on PBS, and you get a free concert. What kind of concerts? It's just a little bit of everything. I think it, maybe not last week, but the week before last, they had Queens of the Stone Age. And then wow. before that, they had Nine Inch Nails. Wow. That's uh, and, surprising for PBS. Yeah, they go. They have all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, then sometimes they have, sometimes they just have like blues. I mean, it's just it, you never really know what you're going to get. You get country. I think they had Eric Church on there one time. Oh, okay. It, it's pretty much every Saturday night. There's a. Wish I knew who Eric Church was. He's. Country. I don't know any new country. country. He's country. Well, you knew he was new country, so there you go. Yeah. Like Luke Bryan. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you a song that he does. I couldn't either. Um, but, you know, just a couple weeks ago, we had Metallica performing on Lollapalooza. That was pretty sweet. On streaming. That was pretty cool. I did not know about the Red Bull TV thing. That's that's pretty nice. It's a pretty cool channel. If you like, like you know, kind of like extreme sports. Extreme! Sports. Yeah, very extreme. <laughs> uh, it's all very, very extreme. It's very extreme. But yeah, if you like that kind of stuff, there's some cool stuff on there. Mountain biking, stuff like that. And is it 24-7? I guess it is. I don't know. You can go on their their website and pretty much just watch anything, I guess, at any time on demand. Nice. All um, supported by Red Bull, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which means my wife supports it because she is a huge Red Bull drinker. And oh, really? so, therefore, I had to feel okay with watching their free TV because it's not free for us. Yeah. I like Red Bulls every now and then, but I've gotten on these new things, these V8 fusion energy drinks. Have you seen them? So, like vegetable juice? No, it's like the fruit oh. version. It's not the vegetable juice version of V8. They're really good. And like, if you they're a good, I guess alternative if you didn't want to do like the carbonated drinks. Mm. I do the monsters. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the monsters. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to cut them out completely though because 
went to the doctor yesterday. The blood pressure was not good, so. Uh, yeah. Oh, did they raise your blood pressure? Well, caffeine. Caffeine. Oh, I got you. I got you. Well, let me tell you this, and since we're on the giant tangent, anyways, mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago, I got. I was really into the the energy drinks. Monster used to have what's called like a two X. It's like a Monster Two X. It had twice mm-hmm. the amount of caffeine as a normal drink. I drank. I was drinking those at least one a day, probably for about three months, and then I got a kidney stone. So, I'm pretty sure that was because of that. Yeah, sodas. Sodas are bad for precipitating kidney stones. Yeah. So I sh- I quit those and went back to the one X and haven't had a kidney stone in the last two years. So, oh, knock yeah. on wood. I won't knock on the wood because you could hear it. But ah, what the heck. Um, it's interesting, yeah. That uh, that, and plus we live in the kidney stone belt. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. <laughs> no, really, it's the like Bible the belt and the kidney stone belt. The really like the southeast area is notorious for kidney stones, and is actually physicians who are trained elsewhere in the country don't even see kidney stones that much. And then you come here and you say you work in an emergency room. You see several kidney stones a day. Hmm. But, I mean, they're they're super common here, and the reasons they don't really know biscuits kind of and gravy. Well, could be diet is probably the big thing. Yeah. We are probably we are the obesity belt as well. It's but, a big uh, belt. Yeah, we got a <laughs> lot of belts. <laughs> it's uh, we keep having to loosen that belt. <laughs> But no, really, like people, seriously, like, I, you know, I talk to physicians that come up from like Northeast, like come from New York and then they come down here and they are utterly shocked at how many kidney stones they treat compared to hmm. up there. Anyway, maybe we should actually talk about the game since that's what. Well, I got more shout outs. I got more okay. shout outs. Hang okay. on, hang on. Go ahead. We got uh, the. More shout outs and more tangents. Yeah. Outcast dude who has been. One of our biggest Patreon supporters, so I can't say enough about him. He's got a cool show called The Hunnic Outcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a little different. It's a little different. It's probably not what you expect when you listen to it. So, yeah, listen to that one. Brian Keating has a blog, The Grand Emperor Emperor's Retro Video Game Blog. So that's a mouthful. But yeah. he's supporting us, and he also wrote a, one of his blog posts about us. So how about that? There you go. The SNES podcast, dude Greg. Greg Polander there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, dude Tim, haven't talked about him in a while. Haven't actually talked to him that much in a while. I think he went on a hiatus or something. He Uh, went on some, like, awesome family vacation. I don't know if you noticed that on Facebook, but he was doing, like, a bunch of cool stuff. I know he he came to Tennessee, Gatlinburg. Did you go see him? No. No, but that was part of his vacation. Probably should yeah. have. That would have been cool. But yeah, yeah, did a lot of cool stuff. I don't know what dude Tim does for a living. He's apparently Tim. rich. Yeah, apparently so. does fairly well for himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he can go on these grand vacations, and he can support us on Patreon both. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's like a he's like a, a tech guy or something. I don't, I don't know. That sounds about right. Yeah, I mean he does. He has two podcasts where nerd is in the title, so he has to be some kind of a tech guy, right? A nerd. Yeah, I mean he has to be. I'm trying to say he's a nerd. He's got two podcasts: Comic Nerds Unite, 
and Star Wars Nerds Unite. I don't think we can cast many stones, though. Eh, yeah, well. <laughs> hey, ours, um, is, ours is two dudes in an ass, not two nerds in an ass. Mm-hmm. We're dudes, not nerds. Speaking of, uh, since we're just shouting out several people here. Sure. Just sure. to maybe not, I don't know if he's a Patreon supporter or not, Nick Stevens. He's not. Uh, I think he's a, he's actually one of those people that uh, probably calls us sellouts for uh, uh, okay. for for doing it. You know, you know. Well, we were talking about Facebook, and I saw on his Facebook he went to some kind of Comic Con recently, uh-huh. and he had a picture with um, Brutus the Beefcake Barber. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but he's a wrestler, like from old school wrestler. And I don't really know much about him as a wrestler. Sorry, Rob Luther. But um, I just know he has, like, the coolest name ever. The Beefcake Barber. Yeah, I like it. He still <laughs> he still looks like quite the beefcake, too, I might add. And uh, he doesn't really carry, like, scissors. He carries, like, hedge trimmers. But, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he's cutting, he's, he's, cu- he's cutting wrestlers' hair, right? And I assume he's cutting the other wrestlers' hair, and they're... Their hair is probably yeah. pretty, pretty stiff. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, Nick Stevens is on Genesis Gems, so we'll go ahead and shout that out, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. And Rob Luther does a variety of things. Now, Rob Luther, he just does a smattering of things, you know, mm-hmm. here and there. He's actually, he and Landon have started started back up the Super Show, but in a completely different format mm-hmm. called Wing it, Winging It. Winging, Maybe a, winging I like it? that name for the for a podcast. Mm. Kind of like what we're doing today. We're just kind of winging <laughs> it. Yeah, we're just kind of winging it. Uh, spoiler alert: We didn't even play the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I did play the game. Yeah. Uh, um. But anyway. Okay. Uh, well, I got. Let me get one more, and then we'll give okay. away. We'll give away American Gladiators after that. All right. Okay. Insert coin toys. I don't know a lot about these guys, but they're a podcast. I haven't listened to it yet, and they may also sell toys and games. I'm not sure. So I apologize to you guys, insert coin toys, that I didn't do more research about you. I plan on listening to your podcast, um, and for some reason, I have this, I have this vision in my head of you guys selling toys. I don't know why. Hmm. You you probably don't, but I I just get this feeling from you. Insert coin toys. Yeah, insert coin toys. It's just a it's a classic video game, classic arcade video game podcast. I knew it was a podcast. Yeah, I don't know why I, I also associate. <laughs> okay, well they should start because I'd probably buy something. They do videos, but uh, doesn't Vi- look like they're selling anything. <laughs> okay, yeah. So botch that one. All right. Wait a minute. Maybe they do. See what I mean? See what I mean? Okay, insert coin toys. Can you please let us know? Do you or do you not sell stuff? No, uh, I think they just do podcasts, but they can do you do you do you sell your podcasts? (laughs) They do. They are on Patreon, so you can go support them. Okay, yeah. So go support them on Patreon too. After listen to them first, and then see if you like them. If you do, rounding rounding. uh, support they're getting from us here. But, you know. <laughs> hey, I promise that I will listen to them and I'll come back to you and let you know if you should support them on Patreon. Yeah. It's okay. on my list. 
I have a list of podcasts that I'm supposed to listen to. It's about four pages long. So nice. Okay, let's give away American Gladiators. Can All I get right. a Can I get a drum roll, please? <laughs> that's a that sounds like a weed whacker crossed with a doorbell <laughs> purr with a, with a cat with, purr. Yeah, with, with a little cat purr do you know right. that cheetahs purr no I, I assume all cats purr no there's difference okay there's apparently a big difference between there are cats that roar like lions and cats that purr like a house okay. cat or a cheetah so I didn't but no cat roars and purrs Mm, they okay, have to do one okay. or the other. What about the meow? How many cats meow? I don't know. That would be really weird to see a cheetah meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> you just see like this scary cheetah. But no, if you go on like Facebook, or not Facebook, YouTube, and just type in cheetah purring, there's like a lot of videos. Like there's just like cheetah laying there and they're just like purring. They're really loud too. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. So, okay. Anyway. The winner of the American Gladiators cart is Bob Sistodio. All right. I I probably butchered your name, Bob, but congratulations. If you send me or Justin an email, Justin or I an email, at uh, it's either DudeMichael or DudeJustin at Mm NESDudes.com. Send us your address, and we will get that game out to you. And if you're like Peter Panda and you want us to sign it, we can sign it. But... You know, we don't have to sign. We don't have to sign. But if you want it, we'll yeah. do You don't want sorry to cartridge with that. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> I guess we can do some history now. When, when are we going to give a heavy barrel out? We'll give it away episode? at the end. We'll give it away at the end. Okay. All right. Don't want to, don't wanna, you know, I can't think of the right family-friendly terminology. But we don't want to blow everything away all at once. Okay. All right. <laughs> And now it's time for Justin's historical tidbits and trivia. So history. There were not a lot of history on this game. I do have to say that uh, this game was published by Data East. We talked about a few Data East games in the past. And the interesting thing about the people that created this game is I can't really find that they did anything else uh, outside of this game. So this game was obviously a port off of the arcade, um, and there, you know, other than the arcade being what looks like graphically better, um, looked very similar from what I could tell. And uh, but anyway, the director of this game, um, Koji Kawada, I believe, is his name, designer is uh, Koji Akabayashi. Akabayashi. Ooh. I like that name. But the one... I'm about to be I struck d- by lightning over here. Is that thunder? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. And the, uh, the composers of the game, one of them, Azusa Hara, we have talked about before because he did the composing for Bad Dudes. Yeah. Exactly, right. And those of you that are just listening, Michael just did like a fist pump thing. Yeah, it was a fist pump while I took a drink of water. Otherwise, I would have mm-hmm. said something. Right. So uh, the same guy did that game and this game. 
And we'll talk about it in the gameplay. I thought the music was done very well on this game. Um, anyway, so this was uh, originally an arcade game. It was ported first to Apple II and DOS. So it was ported to the computer first. And then the NES version was uh, developed by Sakata SAS and published by Data East uh, in North America and Japan in 1990. Um, Mark Erickson, which I got to give him a big hand because he was the artist who produced the packaging for Data East, Heavy Barrel NES release, and he did that in 1989. So it was uh, in 1989, it was contracted to be ported to the Commodore 64 by a company called Financial Accounting and Computer Software. <laughs> and I really like that name because uh, we both do financial, we'll do your taxes <laughs> and we'll design some games. Nice. Uh, which was a Michigan company, but the development company folded before it could be finished, so it never actually made it to the Commodore 64. Surprised that a company with that wide of an array of things that they could do went under. You'd think, uh, yeah, you know. I think it's a case of spreading themselves a little too thin. <laughs> I think it was like two guys that were probably like best friends. One was like a an accountant, and one was like a, a computer engineer. And they really wanted to work together, but they couldn't like figure out how to do it. So they just like, well, we'll just start a company and we'll both just do our own thing. Yeah, it, yeah. Not that you know, making just starting a game company where the accountant could do the accounting for the game company. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that makes right. too much sense. Right. And uh, in February, 2010, Majesco Entertainment uh, brought the port of it to the Wii as part of the Data East Arcade Classics disc. Sounds like a pretty cool game. Mm -hmm. And speaking of Wii, I've been laying the groundwork to try to get uh, Leah interested in the Wii. <laughs> so, uh, How have you been laying this we're groundwork? Working it. Well, we went to a birthday party recently, uh -huh. and uh, it was a girl that was on her softball team, and... Uh, she got a Wii U, so I really was like, oh man, look at that, isn't that a great movie? <laughs> cool, you know, so. Mm. Trying to lay so now, cover. now you gotta get her, like, sleepovers, and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, get her but hanging out with this girl. Inter yeah, right. but Jessica Entertainment has done a lot of ports, including a boy and his blob, blob, for, mm -hmm. uh, the Wii, so. That's cool, yep. <clears throat> anyway, so, uh, Michael, did you have this game? Did you go on a big quest to get this game? And now it's time for Michael's quest to find the cart. Uh, I did not have this game. I had actually never heard of this game for some reason prior to... Ah, oh, I forgot to say, the, this one was a Patreon pick too, by the way. Mm -hmm. G Jim Elliott. I had not Jim. heard about it until Jim... Uh, asked us to do it, so uh, thank you, Jim, for uh, for mentioning this game. I had never heard of it, and so I did not have it. Obviously, um, I went on a quest to get it for you and for I. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we have two copies to give away this time. I think, unless Justin's going to yeah. hold on to his. <laughs> no, really, I can give it away. Yeah, so we actually have two copies to the van. So that's that's pretty simple quest. I think I can't remember if I got it off eBay or or Amazon, but one of the two places that we got it from there. We got two copies of it, 
and um, there you go. I do have some bad news, though. You broke it. So, no, I thought it did, but uh, I think it's even worse. <laughs> so, I uh, I'd played it a couple times over the past couple of weeks. Well, more than a couple of times, because uh, we've been kind of dancing around doing this recording. We kind of said, "Oh, we'll do it this week, do it that week." You know? Yeah. And so I've been playing it here and there. And so last night I was like, "I'm going to play it one more time before tomorrow." For the uh, recording, and I sat down and I put it in, the, and it kept bringing up the purple screen. You know, mm. it's like, well, you know, well, maybe this game has bit it. But then I went and tried some other games that I knew worked, and I'm still getting the purple screen. Oh and no! I never got a game to work. So, so it's maybe the NES that's bit it. Yeah, I don't know. Got to do some investigating on this. It probably just but needs it, a good cleaning. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, maybe uh, Joe Copel put something up. He was last night. He was like, he was boiling something. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can boil the pins inside your NES, yeah. and uh, supposedly that cleans them off enough to where they work. Get the games work again. Yeah. I didn't know if that's what he was doing or if he was, like, doing some kind of witchcraft stew to make his nest work. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what he's doing. Okay, so we're go ahead and talk about this game. Yeah, please. Let's, uh, now that we're, like, halfway through the show. Yeah, 30 minutes in. Let's, uh, let's talk about it. Gee, I wonder what these guys have to say about the game. How about we start with... bump bum ba I've been looking forward to this manual. The manual. Something tells me this manual is going to be fairly epic. You think? I'm thinking. Okay. Well, let's check yeah. it out. Let's I don't zoom see in anything. Here. I get a black screen. You have a black screen? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I see stuff. Well, you may just have to read it to me on this one. How about now? Mm. Still black. Okay. Well, I just, I'll just read it then. Yeah. Okay. Mission objective. The impossible and unthinkable has happened. Terrorists have seized the underground control complex of a nuclear missile site. It's up to you to infiltrate the installation and eliminate the leader of the terrorist army before they can launch the missiles. You won't find the job an easy one. The formidable defenses of the subterranean fortress, powerful tanks, treacherous waterways, narrow (laughs) bridges, are now in the hands of terrorists. And if that isn't bad enough, the only weapon that gives you a chance against the terrorist, heavy barrel, is inside the installation itself. I want to stop here for just one second. Um, the, The subterranean fortress, its formidable defenses, things that, other than... The powerful tanks are not really things that the terrorists have any control over. Waterways <laughs> and narrow bridges. <laughs> yeah. That is true. That is true. They don't. They can't really do anything with that. Mm-hmm. Anyways. You have one bit of luck on your side. The terrorists don't know that the heavy barrel exists. <laughs> Just before the fortress fell, a clever technician took the gun apart, locked the pieces in six different storage lockers, and scattered the keys throughout the fortress. Once you've battled your way inside, 
you have to find the keys and reassemble the gun. Brute force alone won't defeat the terrorists. It'll take strategy and resourcefulness. This isn't a job for just anyone. That's why you're here. That last sentence I really doubt. Because it seems like brute force will not be the only thing. You need some strategy. I actually think this game pretty much is just brute force. (laughs) Isn't that the (laughs) essence of the heavy barrel? (laughs) It's just brute force. It is brute force. Well, so they couldn't find the heavy barrel, but they found the keys. Because you got to kill the terrorists to get the keys. Right, right. But they, they didn't know what the keys were for. Even though they're all interchangeable with all the storage lockers, <laughs> they could not figure out how to make it work. <laughs> yeah, no specific key really works with anything. It just, you know. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, that's pretty much the best part of the manual. And this is... Uh, what's funny about this game is this is like terrorist... They used the terrorist term really before terrorist was like a common thought in America, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, let's be honest, in like the mid, where in 1990, would everybody have really known what a terrorist was? Like now, a terrorist is just used all the time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess they would. Some people would have. Adults would have, right? Yeah. I mean, did it, when did the when did the first World Trade Center thing happen? That was like in the late 80s, wasn't it? I think it was mid-90s. Oh, maybe it was mid-90s. I don't know. I was a kid, so I don't remember. Well, maybe my point is not not a good point, but let's see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's definitely more terrorist activity now than there was then. So this game is more relevant today than it was when it was made, probably. Yeah. Although there were lots of terrorists in the the movies. Mm -hmm. 1993 was the first World, World Trade Center bombing. Okay. So, anyway, what did you what did you think about this game? They dropped well, you in from the jet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, honestly, it just it was fun, and it was a lot of fun. But it just seemed like every other game that's like this. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the problem with these games. These games that are ported to the arcade from the arcade, or a lot of them not all of them, um, is they're fun in an arcade setting because you're there for a short period of time. And even if it's a little repetitive, it's okay because, you mm-hmm. know, you're that's kind of the point of an arcade game. It's just kind of run-and-gun fun for a short period of time. When you port those to a gaming system, it gets kind of boring in its repetitiveness. And I'm not to say that I got bored with this game, because I didn't. And I, I actually, my overall view of this game is, is positive, but it is very repetitive at times. It's just really just you're doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, the one saving grace really is the heavy barrel, though. I think that's pretty cool. Like, if mm-hmm. you can assemble the parts and make the heavy barrel, that's pretty... I mean, that's what sets it apart a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Because that, that is pretty fun once you get the heavy barrel assembled. It doesn't last very long, but... Right. Um, but it's got a lot of elements that are really similar to other games, like you said. You've got different weapons. You've got just the one-shot rifle, then you've got the five-shot rifle, the flamethrower, which is one of my favorites. The flamethrower is pretty sweet. I like the flamethrower. It can take yeah. out a helicopter like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or a tank. 
could take out yeah. a tank. Who knew it that a flamethrower could take it out a tank? Well, in heavy barrel, it can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I, uh, so the flamethrower, probably one of my favorites. Then you get the grenades. And um, the the force field-like structure that you get, mm-hmm. I don't really know what that would be called. You know? Uh, I've already closed the manual. Yeah, yeah. I, know what, I know what you're talking about. So. I've already closed the manual, so I don't know what it's called. But it does have a lot of cool elements. But like I mean, you said... It, it's, it's, I guess... Uh, I mean, take a game like Commando, which is one of mm-hmm. one of the games I really like on the mm-hmm. NES. This game is just like Commando, but they add things to it, like the heavy barrel. It's got different weapons. I think it's. I like the fact that there's a limited number of uses on the on the weapons. I mm-hmm. think that's an interesting approach because most games like this, you have it until you get hit, or you you, you know you right. have it until you die. This game, you have it until you run out of bullets, basically. We've been doing a lot of top-down games recently. Same we have. We have. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a, mm. you know, never really been a huge fan of the top-down approach. We've talked about that. Which, but, uh, you know, I like this one. At times it almost seemed like it wasn't top-down. Like, it almost seemed like a 2D um, side-scroller at times. And there are elements where it does feel like a 2D side-scroller. Yeah. Uh, what did what did you think of the the way that the camera moved? I thought it felt a little weird to me because yeah. it moves with you as you move, but it also kind of moves before you move a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a mi- it's almost a mix between moving with your character and like the Dino Ricky game that we played, where it's always moving. Yeah, it is weird. It it's maybe a little annoying at times too, but uh, it didn't take away from the game. I don't think. Yeah. Nor did it really add. <laughs> no. So, it just seemed a little odd to me for some yeah. reason. I just found it a little odd. Yeah. No. One thing I will say about it is it really kind of just throws you into the game pretty pretty quick. I mean, from from the minute you hit the ground, there's no real warm-up that I felt. It's like the oh, difficulty no, yeah. of the game was pretty much from start to finish the same. And and you you know you have a lot of elements coming at you at at once um and it's from the the get-go like i think like the first time you hit the ground there's like five enemies there that you have to kill and it's yeah it's pretty pretty rapid fire which is fun and it's something that you see a lot in arcade games too which is a direct port here Mm -hmm. yeah i mean uh, I don't want to. I'm not going to try to bottom line this right off the bat. But the bottom line to me is this is fun, mm-hmm. but it's like I don't know. I well, I'm, I'll wait and save the, the bulk of my bottom line here for for the end. But let's. What about the the graphics of the game? I think the graphics were good. You know, comparing them to the arcade, obviously they're not as good. But I you know, I felt like the graphics they weren't outstanding. But you know they were pretty good. Yeah, the compared level... to other NES games, they're, they're actually pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the level designs I liked, except for the second level, and then the, it repeats itself again at another level. I don't remember. I don't I think it's level five. 
but the elevator level. Yeah, I don't like the elevator. I hate elevators fan. level. I never like elevator levels. Well, they're kind of boring. They just kind of because there's a lot of waiting until you get to something, you know. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of the elevator levels on any game, really. But mm-hmm. this one just compounded on top of that. I, I'm not, I'm not on the same page as you with the levels. I thought that the whole game felt a little bit repetitive as far as the level design goes. I think it was just because you're going into this underground base and it's just kind of all underground and base-like, you know, metal mm-hmm. grates on the floor all the time. And I would have liked to have seen a little bit more variety myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of variety. Um, I think part of that... Again, I haven't played the arcade version, but I'm going to suspect this is because it's a direct port from the arcade. And like I said earlier, when it's, uh, I don't know what just happened outside the door, but something about a cat. (laughs) Um, The usual. Yeah, the usual. But anyway, you know, I agree with you on that. What about the sound and the music? Now, this is something I really did like. The music was awesome. Yeah. yeah and sans the unfortunate level, I actually like the elevator level's music. I wish that was elevator music in real life. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> the best music, though, was actually music to a level that I didn't get to, the very last level. Yeah, was that uh, level 8, I think, maybe? Yeah, yeah. That is the best music. The whole game had really good music. I like I like the music in the game a lot, and the the sound effects were cool. I think mm-hmm. They really fit well. Yeah, I think music was definitely one of the the shining aspects of the game. Yeah, I liked yeah. it a lot. Now, now I feel like one of the shining aspects of this game was actually the cover design. Yes, we haven't talked about that. Uh, it looks like with the one guy doesn't have any control over his heavy barrel. He's just screaming. <laughs> it just looks like he's screaming. Just, I love that like part in like war movies where the guy just like runs out, just ah! <laughs> <laughs> shooting relentlessly and into the air. And then the other guy's like grimacing and looks like he may have buck teeth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they I don't have, have it pulled up. I wish I had it pulled up. Hang on. They both have headbands on, which is essential for an 80s action yeah, I mean, that's, hero. I mean, a headband. If you don't have the headband, then you're nothing. Yeah, get out of here. Um, oh, yeah, he's got buck teeth and a mustache. Mm-hmm, buck teeth and a mustache. That's awesome. <laughs> right. And I'm trying to figure out, at first, when I looked at the other guy's gun... I thought that he was shooting, like, I thought that was the sun, but maybe that's just coming from the heavy barrel. Yeah, that's part of the heavy barrel. That's right. Okay. And they look like they're in the sky. Is that clouds behind them? Is that smoke? What's going on? They're flying. Yeah, they're flying. They're flying. Mm-hmm. Now, you put up the other flyer. I did. Yeah, I don't. That. One of the, guys, the same thing, isn't it? Well, know. there's some there's some kind of differences. First of all, one of the guys looks like Michael Jackson, like a big tough Michael Jackson, <laughs> but in the face and hair, he looks like a, a 
Read it. Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at it again now, yeah. Yeah, he looks like a beat at Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other guy... He kind of looks like Crabman. He kind of does look like Crabman. Crabman with a mullet. And he's either eating something or pulling the pin out of a grenade with his teeth. Or eating the grenade. <laughs> I guess that's another possibility. I love the Data East has the ammunition you need to fire up your collections. That's right. Mm-hmm. Did you play the two-player version? I didn't. I did not have an opportunity to play two-player. So yeah. no. I yeah. imagine two-player is much the same. Probably a little bit more fun. Yeah, I could imagine this game being fun if it was like a cooperative two-player. Mm-hmm. I could probably. I I couldn't sit through the whole thing by myself. But if I had a second person, no, we'd probably plow through it. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. So we did a uh, we did a high score challenge for this uh-huh. game. Didn't have a lot of participation this time, but um, in third place is Baz with eighty four thousand six hundred. In second place is Derek Fletchell with one hundred ninety thousand one hundred, and then in first place is Matt Daly. With 257,400. Damn. Knocking Dude Sean off the throne. He wouldn't yeah, even top three. Dude Sean did not even play. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> He's like, well, they're playing that game. I'm not going to play. Yeah, I'm not playing that game. Mm-hmm. So, so congratulations to Matt Daly on the, your big win here. Uh, I don't remember my score, to be honest. I yeah. think it was in the... It was definitely not... It did, I did not break 100,000, so... No, I didn't either. My attempt was to get a good score last night, but we see how that turned out. Yeah. So I'm assuming 257,400 is a pretty good score. All right. Uh, there are a couple cheats for this game also. Yeah. I, the, I saw there's a level select. Mm-hmm. Uh, both They involve using the second controller. There's a level select, and then there's a continue, a weird, wonky way of continuing the game, which is to use two players and then just swap back and forth between controllers. And, like, if one player dies, continue as the second player, and the second player dies, continue as the first player. So that's a little little cheat there. Sweet. So do you know how much this game's worth? Uh, it's going on Amazon for in between 5 and 10 bucks. So let's yeah. average a seven fifty. Okay. You so think it's, it's pretty, worth $750. pretty reasonable. I think it's worth seven fifty. Yeah, as much as as much as I feel like we kind of bash this game for being not being bad, but kind of being mediocre mm-hmm. is in terms of gameplay, I still think it's a lot of fun, and it's, yeah, it's definitely fun. there's definitely a lot of fun to be had for seven bucks. Yeah, definitely. This is a quick play game too. This is one of those games where you can uh, you got thirty minutes to play, sit down and play it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. I would say, uh, I would say, get it if you if you come across it, especially if you come across it for under ten dollars. I think it's totally worth it. Yeah. So. All right, you got any retrofitted trophies? I do. Retrofitted trophies. Okay, go ahead and start us off. All right, I my first one is called a fiver. And that is use the rifle that shoots five bullets and kill five enemies uh-huh. at one shot. Nice. I don't know if that's one shot. Possible. I don't. Yeah, that's a big. That'd be tricky. 
Mm-hmm. So, go ahead with yours. Okay. Uh, my first one is called Ah Node. <laughs> to get Ah Node, you have to assemble the heavy barrel. Nice, nice. My second one is Team America, and that is beat the king because you're beating terrorists. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like it. Um, mine is the my next one is called Pocket Full of Keys, and that is collect keys but never open any chests. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, my next one is you can't touch this, and that is get the force failed, whatever it is. Mm, okay. Um, mine is pyromaniac. And that is destroy a tank or helicopter with the flamethrower. Nice. I like it. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out too. Alright. Alright. Good trophies. Now, how are we going to rate this game? That is a good question. Man, I'm not sure how I feel about this game. I wonder what the two dudes think. Could we... Hmm, have we ever done a... Uh, Type of gun. Ooh, we could do type of gun. Okay. Well, I don't think we've ever done type of gun. Let's do type of gun. Okay. Um. Hmm. Let's see. I'm gonna give this one a 22 rifle, and it's a lot of fun to shoot. Uh, it's cheap, cheap ammo cheaper ammo than other guns but the practicality if you're willing to like it's maybe not the most practical I don't know where I'm going with that for what for killing things maybe maybe killing stuff <laughs> killing anything smaller than a anything larger than a rabbit yeah okay. I don't know 22s can kill I mean I feel like this is turning bad, <laughs> so I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> okay. Right, fair enough. <clears throat> I'm going to go with a 9mm handgun. Okay. And that's just because it's just kind of a run-of-the-mill gun. There's lots of them. It's it's common. It's kind of how this game is to me. It's just kind of your run-of-the-mill common gun. Although, the ammo for it's not that common anymore these days yeah. it's not as common as as, a, as some would like but mm-hmm. so maybe that's not a good but that's what I'm going to go with I'm telling you and, uh, you know call me a conspiracy theorist or whatever but I think gun makers and ammo makers love a democratic president oh yeah they make a killing yeah yeah I think you're probably right. in office man they're going to make a ton of money because everybody's always afraid they're going to be taken away. So right. they're just going to buy it all up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. we're not going to go into the political field. but No, because we're also in the gun belt capital yeah. of the world. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Got any feedback? Ooh, yeah. Get that pulled up here. So starting us off here is Aaron Hickman with best cover ever. This game was fun, but not quite as good as Guerrilla War. Um, I would agree with that. I think Guerrilla War is a little bit better. Matt Daly said, Awesome. I've actually been playing it lately. I love these run-and-gun games. 
and I think this is a decent arcade port. I do think the guy's legs look silly when he runs left and right. Like he does, doesn't have knees. It's creepy. Yeah, he is a little straight-legged. <laughs> Joel Dodson said didn't play NES version much, but I dropped many, many, many quarters in the arcade version. Daniel Walker said I must confess I've never heard of it, but the cover makes it look like a pretty sweet game. It is true. If you're in the 80s and you're looking for a game to buy, this is going to catch your eye. Mm-hmm. Luke Blanchard said, I love this game. Jason Lindsay said, awesome game. I have it. Bob Castello, Castello, who won our American Gladiators game, said, decent shooter. I uh, think Commando and Ikari Warriors with horizontal action as well, and the weapons are fun. On the other hand, the music is terrible, and the really? AI is very, very stupid. Yeah, we're going to have to disagree with you on that one, Bob. I think I agree with the AI, but the music, I yeah, disagree right. with. Yeah. Uh, Rick Habib said, playing this right now for the first time. Sweet. Jason Lindsay said, once you finally get the heavy barrel put together, then fun begins. That is true. Mm-hmm. Joel Dodson said, the uh, thing that got me on the arcade version was the twist eight-way joystick. I think Akari... Warriors Arcade had it as well, but not positive. Peter Guzman said the guy in blue seems to me that he can't handle that gun. <laughs> and Daniel Walker put up a picture that's pretty hilarious looking. It looks like Weird Al holding a big gun. Yeah, go to our Facebook group, check that out. Yeah. Um, Derek Fletchell said this game is really fun. Reminds me of a mix of Jackal and top-down levels of Super C. It did feel like a Data East game, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Had to be one of their best. Mm -hmm. Dan, I'm going to butcher your last name, Biscaglia. Man, this game is popping up all over the place for me lately. Some random YouTube channel I've been subscribed to forever just did a Let's Play and YouTube told me about it this morning via email. Work ends at 3.55 p.m., right? Checks email and sneaks in the game room. Hey, uh, do you think Jim Elliott... I'm, I'm feeling a little Jim Elliott conspiracy theory here. Like he's been telling everybody that they need to review this game. Ooh. And maybe. so that's why it's popping up all over Dan's maybe. thing. Maybe. And Dan came back up with uh, LOL, so I couldn't find my copy of Heavy Barrel, so I decided to put in Thundercade since I thought I remembered it being similar. Won't ever do that again. <laughs> it's funny. Greg Polander says, never played this back in the day, but I checked it out a few years ago. I think it, this is a port of an arcade game. It's not bad, but I prefer similar themed games like Ikari Warriors, Guerrilla War, and Commando to this. Clayton South, who's still been running those epic uh, Guess the Game at... Marathons like, Friday night and at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, like 1 o'clock <laughs> in the morning, so I never I, I never can participate. I think yeah. he's like in a different time zone, so it's not as late I, I think he him. lives in Canada, yeah. so Canada, it's always, it's always daytime there, right? Oh yeah, that's right. I don't think they sleep in Canada. But, um, so, yeah. But anyway, he says, good game. I first played it in the arcade in the 80s and enjoyed the mechanics and gameplay. It felt like an extension of Frontline for the Atari 2600. 
And Mike Campana rounds us out with I love have the arcade version as well as NES. Hoo ya, baby. Uh, arcade is fun. NES is okay. Is he saying that he has the arcade? No, he's cabinet? saying he has the arcade version on his Ouya. O-U-Y-A is a game console. Basically oh. an emulator. And then he also, he doesn't say arcade is fun, NES is okay. He says arcade is fun, NES is okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I made that quick because I wanted to, to ask if he actually had the arcade version. But. Yeah. Right now we have we have iTunes feedback and voicemails, and I can't get either of them to work right now. So we'll have to do those again next time. Next time, sorry. All right, next time. So everybody needs to go check out the Retro Junkies mm-hmm. over at theretrojunkies.com. It is uh, it's good. We're on there as well as a smattering of other mostly game by game podcasts, but there's also um random game podcast there's toy podcast there's i think there's going to be a movies podcast soon. yeah there may be a wrestling one soon there's movies they got a movies one so lots of anything you want it's on there mm-hmm. all right you want to give away our la- our two copies of heavy barrel sure can i get another weed whacker cat purr drum roll doorbell please <laughs> okay thank you uh, Greg Polander and Matt Daly. Nice. Each of you get a copy of Hippie Barrel if you want it. Again, we can sign it or we can just send it to you. You need to send us your address to dudejustin at nesdudes.com or dudemichael at nesdudes.com. Do you remember back in the day when everything used to be about... And I'm not saying that they need to do this, but everything used to be about send a self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> Seems like I used to hear that like all the time, and I never hear that mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. All yeah. you need to do is send a self-addressed stamped envelope to... <laughs> now, I get tons of prepaid postage asking me for credit cards and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Okay. You want to tell them where they can find us? You can find us on social media, of course. Facebook, Twitter, uh, all the fancy-smancy social media stuff. Uh, You can find us on our website, which go there, check out the articles. There's article You can find every pod we've done from since day one, as well as some guest articles by other people. Uh, and that'll be nesdudes.com, nintendudes.com, or twodudesnns.com. And of course, we love to play your voicemails. Uh, you can call us via the number, Michael? 775-773-8761 or 775-7-RETRO-1. Sweet. All right. And you can find us also on Stitcher and iTunes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, that's it. All right. Sweetness. Here comes music for next week, or next two two weeks from now. Oh, it's so lovely. The music. The music is just so lovely. <laughs>